Joe Sportsman, 590 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Good morning to you, Brent. Yeah, just morning. If it was a good morning, this this wretched excursion to Sweden would be over. And I'm guys, don't do it to yourself if you haven't done it. If you're like me, not happy about the lack of Leafs games being played, don't look at the schedule beyond the next two games because that's going to break your heart too. Because after somehow, somehow after this Sweden trip, even then the Leafs next game, is it two o'clock in the afternoon still? I don't know how that happened. I do. They do not care about getting the Leafs mm. back to Toronto to play a home game because guess what? People ain't going to lose interest in the Leafs. They're in <laughs> Chicago for a date with... I get it. I get it. You want to put it on TV. Thursday's the big football day, so I imagine Friday it's a big ESPN. I get it. I understand. Mm. Not off the back of the Sweden trip, please. Can I just have a normal... I got to wait until not this Saturday, but next Saturday for a normal Mm. just 7 o'clock start. It'll be hockey night. It'll be Crosby. And, of course, just what you want coming back from Sweden where you have not played games ever, a back-to-back to get yourself started. So, awesome. Great job. Okay, so let's let's do Leafs here now. Yeah, it's, it's, I know. Raptors, so, yeah, you know, you, you knew where you were. We saying. we we left uh, yesterday's show. We have our little powwow in the in the hallway outside of the yeah. studio here. You we're want to talk about, about the one we had driving home or no? <laughs> Buddy, I was saving that for the second okay, half of this we'll get hour. To it then we'll get to it. We we'll will get it. to yeah your driving lack of prowess. Who, who's disgu- here? Here's the tease for that segment. Who's disgusted more by what? You yeah. at my driving or yeah. me at the NHL's sojourn to Sweden? When I tell people what I saw you do on the roads yesterday i i don't think there's going to be much of a debate but anyways, what? don't care <laughs> at the end of the show yesterday we're like oh well yeah we got raptors play tonight and we'll see how big a story that is but you know the possibility exists that that's a non-item story uh raptors get uh their doors blown off and there mm-hmm. there's some takeaways and some conversations yeah, we we'll had around that we'll but, but you started with your your leafs diatribe mm-hmm. which we we're now well versed in um I, <laughs> I, gotta I get pull back, it. I got to pull back the curtain, actually, of you walking in here and going, hey, hey, guns. I go, do you know when the lead? Like, that, the yeah. first thing out of my mouth today was me screaming at and you. And then I had a rebuttal because I, I got to say, like, I'm, I'm paying attention to a lot of sporting things and yeah. a lot of things about this trip. Did not realize mm-hmm. a pretty significant news item that was brought to my attention by yeah. the great Luke Fox, who we will speak to the, from Sweden. We're going to speak to Yeah, we're going to speak to a couple of uh, you know reporters. Why? Do you know why we're talking to them today? Because it's a mandated off yeah, day. Yeah, because no one's working over there, apparently. <laughs> Those guys are. Those two are going to grind. Mandated off day. Which, uh, again, God. That's part of the discussion we're yes, going to get to. Yes, it is. All right, but do, do people out there realize that the Leafs, okay, they play these two games. They yeah. play... Tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon against the Red Wings, and then they got hockey night in Canada off, so they can they can great. sit back no, and, awesome. and watch great. hockey night in Canada. Yeah, sure, in I'm, sure. I'm sure they'll do and that. And then they play Sunday at eight in the morning Eastern time, and then Wonderful. they wave goodbye to Sweden. Spectacular. The Red Wings and Wild both play back to backs. The Red Wings are playing the Senators today, and then play the Leafs tomorrow on the back to back. The Wild play the Senators. On Saturday, and then play the Leafs on Sunday on the back-to-back. So the Leafs and Senators, the only two Canadian teams that go to Sweden this time around on this global series, don't play back-to-backs. The two American teams do play back-to-backs. Now, the Senators get those teams on the front end of back-to-backs. The Leafs play their two games Mm -hmm. 
in Sweden yes. with full rest mm-hmm. against teams that are on the back end of back-to-backs. Two games yeah. against two teams that are playing back-to-backs. The Leafs get them on the second half of those back-to-backs, the two games that they play in Sweden. You want me to say, well, that's good for the I don't know that it is. These are not regular back-to-backs. These what guys, you, they're worse. These guys haven't played a game in six weeks, seemingly. <laughs> if they, I, I do not know. You can't, to know. T- you can't no, take that view. Of, like that, I, that, that has to view. be the one no. piece of cheese they're giving Canadian here's, hockey fans here's here. Here's the piece of cheese I take out of that. It's stinky, it's moldy, and it's like that stuff that I cannot bring myself to consume. I'm a big cheese guy, but like, let's keep it between the lines. I don't want mold. I don't want smell. Want blue cheese? Yeah, I'm not. Ugh, I don't really like on, be blue cheese. Yeah, Lingenburger cheese? Holy out on Brie. Brie is talking. That's oh, great. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to know. God, no. Come on. Little talk little negatively about Brie. Saganaki on the grill. I, I can, don't know uh, what that is. It's wonderful. What is it? It's like a Greek cheese and you flambe it and you catch Not it. Not familiar. It's it's really good. You should All you right. should become. You should become familiar. I'm just a okay. PSA to All right. you. But, you what, you're going to host me for some cheese grilling? Yeah. Sounds great. Uh as we've discussed about my uh, proclivities of socializing with people uh, not involving sports. <laughs> That's fine. It's probably not going to happen. I'm totally fine I with that. I figured as much. <laughs> the point I'm making is this whole trip stinks to high heavens. Nobody gets anything good out of it except for, I guess, the Ottawa Senators who get Daniel Alfredson behind the bench mm-hmm. and they get the teams in the first half of the back-to-backs. But all your, you expect me to say, oh, well, that's good for the Leafs. All my takeaway from it is, oh, just another shining beacon of what a terribly, I'm not even going to say terribly planned, because I guarantee you they planned this thing to high heavens and looked at every possible machination of scheduling and all these different things. But it's just a terrible idea from the outset to interrupt your season to bring teams outside of the continent in which we play and give them two weeks off, a week off heading into it and a week off coming out of it. What if this was part of the discussion, though? Okay, they, they came to MLSE and they're like, hey, listen, I know you don't want to go to Sweden, but here's the thing. You don't lose any home games. Okay. okay? Yep. They're like, check, done. Uh, good start. And- we don't get anything from it, but good start. <laughs> and you get what could be viewed as very probable four points against teams that are, hey, listen, I don't the Red Wings are having look, a great season. You can't look at these games as probable anything. I know. It is, and it's They're hockey. They're being played it's hockey, on. Yeah. But come on. Come I mean, on. You, you, well, but, come on. But, okay. Everybody's tired, okay? They, they flew across yes. the, the Atlantic Ocean, but combined with the fact that you're playing back-to-backs, I mean, this, I do view playing back-to-backs in Europe in, in bizarre time zones as being a contributing factor to the back-to-back that the Red Wings and Minnesota Wild are going to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those are going to be the walking dead in those hockey games. I would... It's actually embarrassing if the Leafs lose either one of these hockey games. I don't... I'm not saying that it is a guarantee that the Wild or the Wings will be shot out of a cannon or any. I'm not saying that by any means. I think this game, both of these games, or all of these games, I guess, if I'm going to include the non-Leaf ones, is they're magic eight balls. Shake it up. Who knows what you get? These guys have not played hockey in a week. Let me uh, let me run down what has happened. This mm-hmm. is Leaf-specific. But let me run down what's happened since they last played a hockey game. And I'd add... The most galvanizing hockey team that uh, game that, that this club has played in this vintage for sure 
of, I mean, what? We could go to like a Jason Spezza fight in the bubble or something. But in terms of like a team sticking up for each other, oh. that is as much that is as much as we've ever seen out of this group. <laughs> Man, that I mean, you're you don't right, want to carry I guess, you don't want to carry like, momentum from that. It's kind of embarrassing that you're you you might be right that there is an argument. Not, they, there's they no took, might. They took two instigators yeah. in the first period, got and scored Nick on Ehlers twice. Didn't get an instigator yeah. when the same thing happened four days later uh, in North America. How had you galvanizing well, that okay. was? I mean. It's all we ever want from teams is to stick up for one another. They finally did it. Then they don't play a hockey. And that part is actually beside the point. But so here's what's happened since. And let's forget that part of it. It was a team that was struggling. They pick up back-to-back wins. You would want to keep that momentum going. I think that part is safe to say. Mm. They've had an off day. Uh, a travel day that was so bad that it uh, apparently has sent John Klingberg back to the verge of death or whatever <laughs> illness on, he has. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's how long Fighting the travel day was. Life. Yes. Tuesday. This is not my word. I probably would have a stronger word for it. This is the player and players and the coaches word. Tuesday was a write off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wednesday, better, better practice. Mm-hmm. Well, also mentioning that it was on Olympic size ice. So it's kind of hard for guys to understand their angles and stuff, but, that, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so better practice. <laughs> then today, a mandated off day, uh-huh. a game at 2 p.m. Eastern time. I'm assuming a Saturday practice, a Sunday game, and then a Monday travel day. That is, that's their run of play since they played since they have back-to-back wins for this team. There's far too many days of non-hockey and nothing happening there. There's a write-off, an off day, a travel day, and another off day. Do you it's, even know what a write-off is? But they do. Well, and they're the ones writing the, it off. It's Stan Levy, it's Greek. You just, you write, you write it on. Yeah. The business people, they do it. That's your reference for write-off is Schitt's Creek and yeah. not Seinfeld? No, it's like... And not Kramer? No, it's great. So, yeah, they write it. Okay, yeah, whatever. It's, well, it's lit, it's like, lit, honestly, it we're not that different in age, but like I've never felt older than you in that moment that you would not use the Seinfeld reference yeah, when but, talking about write-offs. But if you're going to be the old guy, you got to get angrier. I'm... <sighs> I just don't have it in me because I'm so old. Oh, okay. You th- <laughs> people keep telling me I'll simmer huh. as I age, and let me tell you, the pot is only more mm. roll a rolling boil. Uh, so to your point about this schedule thing, because it's I am, terrible. I, it's, I, 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 a lot of your your ginned up anger for the NHL and yeah. and every all things involving Sweden and the Toronto no, Maple Leafs. Love the people of Sweden. Just wish they could enjoy hockey. No, but this, just keep it over there. This this week I've been you know I, I've been listening to it and I understand yeah. it and I, I'm not as fervently in uh, on your side of the aisle, but. Um, but yeah, I, uh, am I, I changing hearts and minds? Am I reaching across the aisle? No, this part I do. I do find myself on your side of the aisle on because okay, what did we talk about going into this thing? Is that this is going to be like a celebration of what is one of the most storied franchises, not in hockey but in North American pro sports, and some a, a franchise that has a direct line correlation to so many of the sporting stars of totally. this nation in Sweden. It's really going to be something when the Leafs show up to play their first ever regular season National Hockey League game in the country of Sweden. Matt Sundin, he's going to be hugely involved. Michael Nylander, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he has no Leaf connections, right. like he's going to be there. <laughs> he like there's now. I mean, it's going to be a real celebration of, of two entities mm-hmm. that have been tied at the hip yep. for the better part of a half century. That's great. And they showed up, and on Little Sleep, we saw 
William Nylander walked the red carpet with Matt Sundin mm-hmm. at the Borja Salming documentary premiere. Yep. And it, I did see pictures of microphones in Matt's face. I didn't hear any of the clips. I imagine it was all in Swedish. Yeah. Um, and we hear that Matt's is going to go out to dinner with the staff Amazing. of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> That's tonight on the mandated off day. And I, I, I guess maybe there's going to be a media availability for Matt's on Friday, like maybe. Daniel Alferson and Nick Lidstrom did this morning. And Daniel Alferson's going to be on the bench in some capacity. Yes, he will be on the, the bench as an assistant Senators coach for the Sens for the two games. To, okay, maybe that's coming. But I, do, I will say that for a team that's spending the better part of a week yeah. in Sweden, where are the where are like the events? Where are even like the photo ops of this this team doing things Swedish related? Like, are we only gonna have William Nylander walking down the red carpet at the Borja Salming documentary premiere? Are we not going to have any interaction between Matt Sundin and the players of this Toronto Maple Leafs team? Because there is very much a possible. I mean, yeah. I listened to Sheldon Keefe yesterday. He was asked about that. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if don't know. Matt's is gonna actually interact with the players. Here's. <laughs> He's going to go, we're going to have like a delicious meal at, at the, the highest class restaurant right. they have in Sweden. And he'll be there for that. Let but me tell the, you something. That the, dinner the, is going to be so good. The 25-year-old kids, like, are they going to hang out with Matt Sundin? You know what I think's happening there? And I'm, I'm like tongue-in-cheek a little, but I actually do wonder aloud about this. Is like now everyone has different relationships with their uncles and things along those lines. Would you want your like uncle with you on a boys trip? Cause I wonder if that's the thing. Oh, that's the players happening. don't no, want Matt no, Sundin not there. The Is that pla- what you're not the players. And I don't even think this guy, but I'm like, as I said, I'm mostly tug in cheek saying this, but it's like, Max Domi's known Matt Sundin since yeah. he was a baby. Oh, it's like the idea of about like, him being yeah, family. Your actual uncle. Like, uh-huh. And it's like, you know, these guys are all NHLers. It's a little different when your uncle also played in the show and you do too. But it's like, I do wonder what element of there is that. But it's weird. Like, I'd be lying to you if it wasn't. I heard Match yesterday on Kipper and Bourne. It was amazing. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you got like a ton of earth shattering stuff out of him. You know, he got asked specifically about doing stuff with the team. And it was basically, you know, with the exact... Alfred's in comparison and it was yeah I got kids who are busy doing stuff right now so that's not my life right now and okay but can it be your life for a week like can you I, for the, like this might be the only time in this franchise's history that they ever go to your home country you know what's happening right now is you finally found the thing that you can get exercised about this yeah. trip and I will not well, stop I was, I, no here's the thing no, it's like no, I, you're can get, off. I can get so mad about all of this trip but it's like it ain't Matt's fault okay no, I'm not gonna get uh, I, I will follow you to the depths of hell complaining about this trip. But if it's going to wind up with a like form letter to Matt Sundin being like, I don't this know is your who fault. I need to point my finger yeah, at. Just but make sure whole, it's not the six foot four Swedish legend. The whole thing about this was at least like the man of mystery is going to emerge from the shadows and we're going to hear lots from Matt's. Like no. Matt's is going to be leading them no. on this tour no, of Sweden. It's going to be no. the Matt Sundin week. For the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, nope. uh, okay, good, great. He came on Kipper and Bourne. Uh, that's nice. and it's wonderful. He wanted to, I, to I, I guess I'll feel a little bit differently if he does do a formal media oh, availability I, I tomorrow. It's like, I don't, like, what am I going to get out of a formal media I, I, just, I just, honestly. It's leaving me cold, this whole thing. Like, even, like, the, pos- the there are things that would make me feel better about this. There's but nothing it's just, that would make me feel better about this. I mean, and this is not the NFL where they show up the day before they play right. the game in London or Germany yeah, and then leave it. the next day. Like, I'm they've aware. been there for so long and you went through the schedule. There's 
Okay, today would be the day where you do the photo op thing, yeah. but no, mandated, mandated off, off day. day. So I, I guess maybe they are doing something fun, but it's it's not in any official capacity. So I guess there'll be no cameras there. I would be lying to you if I said I didn't want to see Matt. Like, that's the thing. It's like, what do you want? Yeah, I just, like he can't put on a suit and just stand there behind the bench and do nothing, I'm mm. sure. But And I get it. Like, it's an NHL game. This is the this is the duality of the problem with this trip is like the Sens and you know it's a little bit of a different scenario. Alfredson's been on the ice working with players, so it's not like this foreign thing. But I don't know the idea of the Sens just parachuting a coach onto the bench to gum up whatever system they have going on there for two days. It's like you can't do both things. You cannot treat every game in the NHL like it's must win and they're all the most important thing in the uh. world and have effectively four exhibition games over in Sweden in the, in the middle of it. They're not exhibition. They count for points, but you can't tell me these teams aren't treating them a little bit like it. There's no world where Sheldon Keefe would be totally fine with a write-off day, uh-huh. a bit of a better practice, and then an off day heading into a game when you haven't played in, in nearly a week. There's just it, That's the part that I just can't wrap my head around it is they're trying to do this thing where, oh, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. No, you can't. You're either walking towards the end of the end NHL regular season in North America where you're chewing gum and you're going over to Sweden and you're glad-handing and you're having these events, which is fine. Like, if that's the thing you think needs to happen, it's fine. But don't sit here and tell me, no, no, it's fine. It's barely a disruption to the regular season, which is what I continue to hear of this. Like, oh, it's fine. It's two weeks. What's it matter? I don't know. Two weeks have killed teams. If the Can you imagine the Oilers had this trip coming up? Oh, my God. Like, honestly. Well, I mean... Can you imagine the Leafs had not picked up the four points against the Flames and Canucks? Bingo. Like, like yeah, that it, it, that's. I mean, we talked about how important those two games were for for this Leafs team going out on uh, on the road for. Yeah, and I don't know. You Sweden. you tell me if I'm off base on the complaining about next Friday. Like, is it is it a little weird that the first game back that the Leafs have is a 2 p.m. start after not have like. You well, just I took mean, them off hockey night in Canada. You just played them at eight in the morning. The on flip a Sunday. side of that is that their body clocks are acclimatized to playing at two in the afternoon Eastern time. But, but it I won't mean, be because it'll have been six days since they played a game at that and time. And honestly, or a week. You want to you want to look at the 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 impact, the long term impact that this trip might have. It's not going to be in these two games that they play in Sweden. Oh. And and Sheldon Keefe has talked about this. It's like he's talked to some coaches of teams that have been over in Europe. It's the return home and of how course. long it takes to get back into your rhythm of the Eastern time um, and 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 not having your body clock be totally messed up from this trip. Anyways. It's okay. The good thing, the good news is it's not like they have games that might be important for playoff implications. They only have the Panthers, Bruins, and Senators in three of their first six coming back. That's All right. okay. All right. That was enough complaining about that for now. We'll be back. Yeah. Not like we're not going anywhere. I'm just saying we will be back to complaining land. Yeah. I will drag you here whether you want to be or not. We'll talk to some people in Sweden. I'll complain to them. It'll be a nice reprieve for you. I'll just be screaming at Luke and Josh instead. I'll sit back. I'll take a nap. All right. (laughs) Uh, Raptors go down a quadrillion points again. This time, though... The, it's against a good they team. Were, they were up 8-2. There was a fleeting moment of hope at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the game. And then, Remember that? And then the Bucs took time out. Yeah. Adrian Griffin's like, uh, Okay, you, it's Portland. Go. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened there. He's like, Dame, close your eyes. Yeah. Pretend these jerseys are red. Well, Go nuts. I, I will say, like, yeah, it's a, 
are we shocked at all that, that Damian Lillard has his best game as a Milwaukee Buck with Giannis Antetokounmpo out with the calf injury that I'm sure he's going to have a miraculous recovery from, um, that he is Should've the lead the dog. Should have just punched someone in the face at the beginning of the game and he got, got himself ejected. No, I don't think anybody is surprised. Um, it is getting a little stupid with the halftime deficits. I, okay, yes. so they've gone down 20 points at least in the second half of four of the last five games. There's somehow three and two in those games, though, <laughs> miraculously. And I know you you like to do the Mike Babcock, got to start on time thing, which they is, did. is yeah, okay, they started on time. I mean, the they, first did. they got an eight-two lead. That, okay. That's starting on time. Like, the that first is. quarter, they trailed by, like, 15. Yeah, they here, here it's like they started, they woke up, and then they hit a lag, and all of a sudden they were down 15 points in the game. Like, I'm they not, were down nine. Yeah. They were down, they gave up 36 points in the first quarter. Sorry, they were down 15, 36 uh, 21. They, they trailed the Bucks. That's, you know, starting on time is not like literally you win the opening face off. You started on time. I think we can look at the first 12 minutes of the basketball game as our time frame. We're talking about starting. They did not start on time. They have not started on time. Okay. And at some point, hey, we're, we're, we're learning the Darko Ryakovic thing. And in an overall sense, being four and four, uh, returning back from that road trip where they went two and two and yada, yada, yada. It's like, it's all gravy for this team for large Mm -hmm. part. And it's all about the progression of Scotty Barnes. But how long until we start pointing fingers at the head coach and saying, well, okay, why, why does this team need this miraculous second half comeback? And there, there was a point there in the fourth quarter where you thought, Ooh, are they actually going to make it a game? They got it to 13. I think it was down to 11. In Mm -hmm. fact, at one point after being down 33, Yep. In the second half of this basketball game. At what point is it more than just a, you know, joking about an old Mike Babcock mm-hmm. quote and then morphing into, no, this is actually a big problem for a team that doesn't have the offensive horses to continue to come back, especially when it's yeah. teams that are not the San Antonio Spurs or Washington mm-hmm. Wizards. Very different for a basketball team than a hockey team. When it's a hockey team and you need to start on time, yeah, you're talking about the first couple shifts of the game, but you're also kind of talking about the first couple shifts for everybody. You want to get all your lines involved. You want to get rolling. For a basketball team, you can sit there and point to five guys. Those are the five guys who are going to be out there to start the game. And yeah, you had a little bit of a different lineup last night, but that's why I do look at it a little bit differently between the two sports. Like we've had a lot of conversations to your point about be a Sheldon Keefe, be a Mike Babcock, be a Jay Woodcroft and Edmonton for all this time of what is it about this inability to start on time? And I think there is something about messaging in hockey, but in basketball, I do think it's a little different because it's much like the sport itself. It's just mm-hmm. a star-driven league. It's like, yeah, we can sit here and maybe have a question about Coach Darko and the message he's offering heading into it or the preparedness. But at the end of the day, it's about the four to five yeah, guys but who it's start also every game. Defensive intensity. Like that's what they make these well, again, runs. Do you think like I guess it just goes to like what you expect of the coach? Like, do you think Coach Darko isn't sitting there going, Come on, wake up? It's well, like I, I at a certain point, you I got care. the horses you got. You know, I, I don't care what the process is. Like the, all these coaches get judged on the results. I don't care what it like I, 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 I understand your point. What it is, is that, hey, what's he supposed to do? Like add electrodes to the yeah. the, the seats on the bench before the game mm-hmm. to get these guys attention. Like, I, I, I don't know if that would work, if that was something you thought would work. Sure. Go ahead. I don't care. It's up to you to make sure that the intensity that is possible with these guys that they've shown in second half of games mm-hmm. and even showed in the second half of yesterday's game 
Why it doesn't exist in the opening 12 minutes uh, is beyond me. And I, like I, I, you have an excuse with no OG Ananobi again sure. yesterday, but yeah, they've had some of these horrible starts with him in the starting lineup. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying, that the roster is what it is. You have to look for someone to blame. I just think that especially in that sport specifically, mm. the idea of looking at the coach and saying, oh boy, these guys don't start on time. Surely it's because of him. It's like, I don't know. Let's look at the two principles of the team and maybe mm. talk about them. Like, God loves Scotty Barnes, and he flips it on late at the end of games, but he's got that little bit of cool chill about him. It feels like sometimes it does take him a time to wake up. It feels like he's, he's kind of the classic, like, he needs to get punched in the mouth and not literally, but figuratively before yeah. he's he's into the game. The other thing that... I need start- Ryan Reeves to, like, jumpstart this team in the first... You know, a couple of minutes. God, the Raptors, they'd be like, we only have to pay him one three. Are you kidding me? Get him out here. Like that. Uh, but the thing that jumped out to me from that game, let me just run down the list of guys who took more shots in the game than Pascal Siakam. Ugh. Okay, Scotty Barnes, we're, we have no qualms with that. Eh, Jakob Pertle, he took one more. Okay. Yeah. Grady Dick took one more. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder took the exact same amount. Yeah. McDaniels took one more. Precious Achua took two fewer shots than Pascal Siakam, and Malachi Flynn took two more shots than Pascal Siakam. That, to me, is the story of the game right there. It's not to say there aren't a million other things from it, but mm-hmm. what what was the one thing we talked about heading into the season? And it wasn't us who talked about it. It was Masai Ujiri who talked about it. And then, in case we didn't hear him, we made sure to double down. Selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. And this was my concern a little bit with this is, in the NBA, you need your best players to be selfish. You mm-hmm. do. Like, to a certain extent, yeah, you want the ball to move, and yeah, you want to get the best shot, but you need your lead dogs to be lead dogs in this league. And the idea of Pascal not understanding where he fits in, I think that has been kind of the story of this Raptors season. The games where it's a very apparent that either Scotty's going to take over or Pascal's going to take over, things really do seem to yeah. fall in line. But on a night like that where Scotty has it going a bit, but not really, Pascal was struggling, there just seems to be, it's almost like that quote is ringing in their brains of don't be selfish, move the ball. And at a certain point, you do have to realize, like, you're an all-NBA guy, or you think you are anyways, go get a basket. Well, yeah, that's the the holy grail for this team is if they can get both guys playing well at the yeah. same time. <laughs> uh, I will be uh, I'll be waiting for that. I'm not exactly holding my breath. Scotty Barnes is great. And yeah, he had that 2 of 15 stretch shooting the 3 in the previous what, 3 4 games and he was 3 of 3 from yeah. 3 yesterday. He Made was his 11 first one. I'd I'd love to see his numbers when he makes the first one. Yeah, like, he, I know a lot of guys like, yeah, he, if shot goes in, you're going to feel better about it. But the second that first, because he was wide open, had a good look early on in the first quarter. And was, you're wondering, it's like, hmm, mm. it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah. You can tell if Scotty Barnes is going to have a good night shooting the mall. You can have, you can tell if Ilya Samsonov is going to have a good night stopping pucks. I'm that not. first save. I know. I'm much more confident in telling uh, goaltenders than than shooters in the NBA. Just, Anyways, just being honest. Scotty Barnes was good yesterday, and Pascal Siakam was not. But to your point, only took nine field goal attempts. That's Yeah, that's unacceptable for this team's only all-star. And we and all it, expect... It wasn't like he was one of nine and said, okay, not my no, night. No, we all four ex- nine. And he's coming off a couple of games where he was a dominant, mm-hmm. dominant force again. Against the Bucks team that, yeah, if, if you're going to draw up the game plan to beat, it's you outscore because they are a porous defensive yes. team that you just keep trying to fill it up. Especially without not only their best defensive player, but, you know, James Harden had the I am a system quote. Yeah. He is their defense. 
Yeah. Like Drew Holiday is not there anymore. Chris Middleton's banged up. Old Splash Mountain, Brooke Lopez. Like it's a very different Bucks team than it used to be. And the idea that you struggled to score against that team without Giannis, that's concerning. It's not ideal. Um, what's not ideal also is that the Raptors do the most important offensive thing in this era of NBA basketball very poorly again. Like I, there was <laughs> indications that maybe it was improving. And again, Scotty Barnes is shooting yep. 42% from three before his dip in in percentage the last couple of games. And maybe he can improve to like a mid 30s uh, percentile three-point shooter. But the Raptors were outscored by 33 points from mm-hmm. the three-point line. Which is a lot. Like, I don't know. You can't overcome that. No. Like, I it, it's, I don't want to distill it down to one thing. There's a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And defense and missing OG Ananobi and, and intensity and starts and Siakam looking for a shot mm-hmm. more. But you can't get outscored by 33 points from the three-point line no. and expect to win a basketball game. I get it. You know, that's a particularly poor shooting game from three for the Raptors, but it's two consecutive poor shooting games for the Raptors from three-point land. This is one of the worst teams in the NBA shooting the three a season ago. They don't look like they're miles better this year. I mean, you have a cap. You have a ceiling on what you can be. Granted, like the the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler haven't been a great three-point shooting team. They've made it work, but they also have a a superstar like killer in Jimmy Butler. I was going to say they have that dog in them with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have a Jimmy Butler. I, I just like... The idea that this team is going to exceed its ceiling without at least like somewhere close to league mm-hmm. average three-point shooting seems like an impossibility. The shooting woes all fall on two guys last night. Um, Malachi Flynn. Who's actually been good. Like, been even good. over yeah. the, the course of his career, shooting the three. Yeah. So it's like you, you to a certain extent live with that. Guys are going to have that. And then the... I won't say concerning because it's so early on and he's actually proved, you know, an ability to at least be energetic in other parts of the game. But, you know, the idea of Grady Dick being this absolute pure knockdown marksman, eh, it's we need to get away from that no, uh, a little need bit. To start doing that. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about when we had Will Lou on. It was something uh, former Raptor CJ Miles had brought up that, you know, like, and again, I'm not going to pretend that I see this, but if you listen to shooters talk about his shot, there's a little hitch in the top of it. And that's why some nights... Mm. He's five of five, and he's not going to miss. And there's other nights where it looks like last night. They he's should one tell him to get rid of the hitch. I, I, I'm going to go it on a limb. I feel like this has probably been discussed once or twice at uh, at the the OVO Center. If uh, it where, hasn't, uh, hopefully Grady's listening. Stop doing the hitch. Karen, I, I would be, you know, any professional athlete listening at six thirty in the morning. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be shocked by a like twenty year old who loves. No, TikTok. he's nineteen. He's or, sorry, he joins sorry. only Chris Bosh and Tracy McGrady is the only teenagers to I'm, get a start okay. for the Toronto Raptors. A nineteen year old TikTok star. I don't know that he's listening to us. Com- especially if he was, he's like, okay, it's enough Sweden talk. I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. he might have tuned in at six o'clock. What he's like, what do these guys have to say? Did what they is, like? What? Did they hate us last night? What's? Oh, they did. Didn't care. Okay. <laughs> this guy's still just mad about a hockey team that didn't do anything. I speak for yourself. I care. Okay. I care too. That's the reason I talked about it. It's the reason why I was so <laughs> excited when Scotty Barnes made his first three last night. I thought, oh, tonight's mm. the night. And it was for him. He was he was perfect from deep. But yeah, I mean, when you when you look at it, it's like, yeah, 27%. You're not gonna live with that by any means. You're not doing anything in this league if you're shooting the three from that clip. But I also think it's what Grange talked about with us and I, uh, earlier in the week, and I actually think it's very indicative of what this Raptors team is. They're going to have nights where the shots are falling, and you go, ooh, is this a 
is this the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference? And they're going to have nights where it looks like last night, and you go, oh, oh God, the play-in might be rough on, on these guys. Well, they, but just, the they are a very high-variance team. They're not one yeah. of these teams that just gives you exactly what you expect on any given night. It's just high-variance, and we got to get used to it. The three-point shot is a high-variance shot as well. It's, uh, having worked with Blake Murphy for a number of months, the, like, the, that I is did something sound like that- I'm there for a second. Because you, you talked about high variance. high variance, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a shot that yeah you can go prolonged periods of time looking like you can't shoot it, and then you can go a couple of weeks where you look like the best three point shooting team in the yeah. NBA. But now the sample is like larger. Like we had a whole season. It wasn't a massive turnover between the 22-23 Raptors and the 23-24 Raptors. That it's not like they added a bunch of Steph Curry's to this team. No. This team's not going to be able to shoot the three well, and. It's there's other things mm-hmm. in the NBA that are important. That's the shot that's worth 50% more than anything else. Like it is the most important totally. offensive weapon well, in the sport. It seems kind of short-sighted in fact that it it's such a weapon that is been unused over the last half decade by this team. And they lost Fred Van Vliet, who was a huge component to that. And Dennis Schroeder can shoot it well, but yeah, not the same type of player. Well, and hey, like we mentioned it, you know, we so often focus on OG and what he is on the defensive side of things. Like not having him as a spacer and a shooter for this yep. team kills him. Like on other teams, you can overcome that for sure. But for, for OG, it's tough. The other thing about last night as well is just, you know, when Pascal had his 39 or whatever it was last time out, big, big part of that was him getting to the cup, getting to the lane a ton. If you're not going to be hitting your shots from three, and he was 0 for 2, so clearly not something he he was, you know, he wasn't chucking last night by any means, just the nine shots, you got to get to the cup more. Yeah. There's just five free throw attempts, yep. and that's a, oh, sorry, almost a team high. Uh, Schroeder, or sorry, Grady Dick actually getting to yep. the line more than Pascal hitting Siakam. Free throws. That's kind of kind of tells you everything you need to know about Siakam's game last night. If Grady Dick is drawing more contact and getting to the cup more than he is, mm. that's just not where you want to be. Like, And that's the thing about Siakam. I really think he's having... On the nights where it just fits, nobody has a qualm. No one's up in arms about the way things are. But on nights like last night where nobody really has it going, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about who's supposed to kind of take the reins here. Last thing for me on yesterday's Raptors game and the first uh, 11 games. Too bad Grady Dick isn't listening. He'd love this. Uh, (laughs) He wouldn't. No. (laughs) Because I would just say that. Yakin Pertle's a little bit on my radar for a slow start this season. Mm. Didn't start the second half of this basketball game. Didn't his, close the other night against the Wizards. His shooting at the rim, like, obviously, like, we know his offensive limitations as far as shooting the ball, but when you get to the cup and you're, yeah, you're a center in the NBA, you you should be able to finish mm-hmm. effectively. He was able to last year uh, within six feet. Yep. This year, he's had diminished results field goal percentage-wise. At the rim, I didn't check the updated stats after yesterday's game, but going into yep. yesterday's game, like significantly lower down the pecking order mm-hmm. as far as his finishing at the rim um, for the Raptors. The free throw shooting is never going to be a strength, but no. like he's having his worst season free throw shooting percentage-wise of his of his entire career. Assist percentage way down, points mm-hmm. per game way down. It's it's all cute when you're the guy that's part of the bench mob, and mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're a first round pick, you know. You're not viewed in superstar status. But, yeah, it's quite different when you are the guy that was traded for what could end up being a lottery pick, and then you sign an $80 million extension. No, there's there's higher ex- expectations for Yakin Pertle than he's achieved this season. There are. I just think that when I have when I look at my problems with this team, it's he's pretty far down the pecking order. I mean, I told tr- well, but that's my point. I'm trying to raise him up the pecking order. <laughs> I, I, he should be he should be 
closer to the the middle of the dartboard. I get what you're saying. I just like I think that they I'm I'm using all my darts on Pascal and Scotty on any given night. Mm. And it's hard to hard to uh, throw too many uh, pearls away. I see what you're saying, and that for a player. I just look at it. I don't even look at it from what he is as a player. I look at it as the the kind of place he holds in the franchise now that you gave up an asset for him. Well, that's re- it. The that, expectations are higher. It's that, but it's not that the it's not so much the expectation of the player. It's that it goes back to the thing about the Varsho. It's not that Varsho has to be X, Y, or Z. It's that you used your bullet, you took your swing, and you need to get more out of it. So I I see what you're saying with it. I just think that it's like. With Jakob Pertle. Pertle defender. Go ahead. Pertle defender. It's like, just like, just yell at Pascal Siakam is, uh, is really all I'm trying to say here. It's like, if you have problems with this team, uh, Jakob Pertle should be the third or fourth guy you talk to. That's, that's what I'm getting. Can I yell at multiple people at once? Only if you also include Gary Bettman and, and not the people of Sweden, but the yeah. idea of the Sweden trip. If I, you're going to yell, you have to, for me, you have to include that in there. Okay, I'm going to yell at you in the next segment you are. about your driving. You yelled at me so yesterday horrible. about it. I literally had you, to call you. You called me to yell at me. I, do you know what the best part? Ah, oh, save it. It's going to be good. We'll talk about this. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that. Also, no, not also. This is going to take the full 40 minutes. Kind of noteworthy that now Ken Rosenthal, in a report published just this morning, right before we came on the air, mentioned the Blue Jays as a sleeper for Shohei Otani. It's happening. Everybody's doing it. God. And uh, Ken Rosenthal jumping on board as well. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning. Well, Blue Jays, Joy Otani, running out of time to get this thing done in a very slow sports week for, well, specifically the Toronto Maple Leafs. Clock is ticking, Shohei. I'll never forgive you. Although, like, again, we do the same thing next week. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. It's just like, I... This will shock everyone out there. I could be a bit of a pessimist envisioning the worst case scenarios at all times. And the idea of, of Shohei Otani uh, signing the second the Leafs get back to business next week or mm. right as I'm supposed to be talking about that is not uh, at all off my radar. So well, just like get it done. Yeah. Okay. How come he's not even meeting with teams yet? Like yeah, it's, we're like still baseball. in the very base level of speculation with this stuff. Like no, we had to, so long. We had to run with the Jeff Passan story that, you know, Blue Jays are expected to do something big. And God like, oh, love, is that Shohei Otani? God love passing, but I do love that report of like, something. I would I would hope so. Well, been an abject failure year over year. Yeah, you <laughs> 189 games. So you scored one run in two games in the playoffs. So I need to know if that's the same guy okay. that gave this report or mm. gave this insight to Ken Rosenthal. Because if it's two different guys... Then, now you got something. Now you don't have to reveal your sources, Jeff Pass and Ken Rosenthal, but can you at least come together and then they to should, the world at large tell us whether it's the same guy or two different guys? You know what they should do is they should put all of their sources on like a guess who board and go like, does your person wear a hat? <laughs> all right. And then eventually get to enough common understanding yeah. where they can like shake hands and understand it. But that's the way I feel like we that just have need, to go. Like, yeah, combined tweet. Between the two of them, as to whether well, they have this to go is the on Instagram guy. for that. I know you the... can do like a joint post on Instagram. Maybe that's the platform. Okay, so 
according to Ken Rosenthal. And this was published just this morning. Well, so that's it's not, more breaking. It's not nothing. Like Ken Rosenthal, Jeff no, Passan. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's that's it, right? And this is a little more pointed than Jeff Passan. Hey, the Blue Jays are going to do something big. And like, does that mean Shohei Otani? Mm-hmm. Well, Ken Rosenthal does mean Shohei Otani because here's um, his latest from The Athletic. At least one rival executive views the Blue Jays as a sleeper for Shohei Otani. The exact rationale is this. Any plans the Jays had to sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette to massive extensions might now be on hold, which is also like, I'm adding parenthetically here, a big part of this report as well. Mm -hmm. George Springer's six-year $150 million contract expires after 2026. The team remains in need of left-handed power. The Jays could sell Toronto as an international city with a growing Japanese population, but one problem for them, and for that matter, the Red Sox and Yankees, is that if Otani's priority is winning, he might prefer a club outside the highly competitive AL East. And though the Jays play in Rogers Center, a ballpark with a retractable roof, teams in the West play in more reliable conditions. Otani, as he recovers from his second major elbow surgery, Surgery, might fear disruptions in his schedule because of inclement weather. Here's the, here's here's the the pièce de résistance. Okay, it's all speculation, right. and it will continue all off season until Otani picks his new team. Which I don't know why. Who, who knows when that's going to happen? But that's that is as direct a report about the Blue Jays' interest in Shohei Otani as we've had. It is. Um, I'd just like to say people people don't like it when I say he doesn't want the smoke of playing in, like, a competitive East Coast market that actually cares about their sports, unlike on the on the West Coast, and um, that's what that just said there. They, they couched it in the idea of, like, competing. Oh, yeah, how dare I have to compete to win? I've been in the AL West where I'm an angel, and we can't even he do that He hasn't done there. it yet, though. No, like, I know. He, I'm just saying. He hasn't not just, signed I'm with an AL that report, that report leads me to a lot. The other part of this that I can't for the life of me wrap my head around is all we ever hear and I don't know maybe correct me if I'm wrong you would you would hear more you care more about this stuff than I do but the idea of like all we ever hear about Shohei is like he's a baseball sicko he just loves he is all okay so what's taking so long like what? Oh, that's what, why I thought it would be what done What information? Early. It could pot, like, is he no, waiting it's for, not a, okay. Is like, his agent, like, let's just, let's really play out a hypothetical okay. here. It's like, his agent is very, he and his agent are very intrigued by the possibility of the Blue Jays. Is there some other move the Blue Jays are doing that he needs to see come to fruition? It's not going to come down to dollars and cents. It I don't think, like, Shohei no, no, Otani and whoever it is are coming down to, like, oh, well, an extra year and a well, couple million why, bucks. It's like everybody knows the cost of doing business with Shohei Otani. So that's why I honestly wonder if part of the pitch from various teams is, okay, we're going to give you all the money in the world. The uh, The interesting note in there as well is about the ballparks and reliable conditions. It's like, why couldn't a condition of his contract just be that the roof's closed every time? No, he no, no, no. He's talking about how the Blue Jays play in the no, Eastern time, like against the Yankees who do no, no, not no, have No, no, no. They mentioned re- that, but I thought they also said there was yeah. something in there about the weather yeah, and the dome. Yeah, well, that's it. It's like, hey, the, the weather in the AL East is not good. And I get it. The Blue yeah. Jays play in a retractable roof yeah, stadium. Yeah, tell them every time he plays, it's close. But he's saying that, like, the right. Angels oh, okay, playing okay, against Seattle. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I get what you're... Now I understand what you're saying. I... that It does lead me to believe that part of the conversations around this, and obviously it's what is your ball club going to look like, but not rudimentary discussions surrounding that. I I do wonder if that is what the holdup is here, because otherwise I can't for the life of me understand what it is, what would be the holdup. He has been, whether he's been thinking about it or not, his agent has been thinking about this for the last two seasons or however long, 
the idea that there'd be something holding this up. Again, it's not dollars and cents. It's not term. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Just do it already. So it does lead me to believe that part of the conversation is, okay, what else are you going to do? What's mm. your ball club going to look like? Are you going to trade Vlad or Bo? If I'm going to sign here, and uh, uh, I can be talked into either way. It's like, you got to get rid of one of those guys. I need both of those guys. I can hear either argument coming out of his camp. I, I, I think, honestly... I don't know what else the holdup could be other than those level of conversations in terms of what does your ball club look like next year? Wow. What do you think the holdup is? He just doesn't want to sign. He just wants to play this out because Maybe he wants major the spotlight. League, well, or major league baseball is like, Hey man, I know you, as, as you put it, baseball sicko, like all you care about is getting your plans in order mm-hmm. and then yeah. getting the wheels in motion right. for spring training next year. You and don't you would like, like to sign. To live yeah. You that. would like to sign immediately, but we got, we got some content to fill here. Come on, let's go. Like, let's not let's not go. Let's let's play it out and let's not have it hang around until February. But yeah, no, but let's Christmas ish no. time. No, might be nice for you to sign. No, Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday, okay. specifically Tuesday of next week. That's when I need it. Okay, you know what? We'll swing back around yeah. to that that middle paragraph about. Any plans the Jays had to sign Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bobichet to massive extensions yeah, might be on hold. That's kind of a bit of a a thing. Oh, it's a massive yeah. thing. We'll talk to Adnan Verk uh, after eight thirty as well today. I, I gotta, I gotta put you on blast. Yeah, go for you it. You gotta defend care. yourself. I, I actually don't feel the need to. So, but go ahead. People who drive, yeah, like they all. I think everybody has their own specific bugaboo that they hate. Like I, I, I hate so mu- so many things that I see on the road. Welcome one to my of, world, bud. One of the things I hate the most, this is not what you did yesterday, but one of the things I hate the most is like you're looking to turn right on a red. You're right bef- behind the first car in line mm-hmm. at the red light. Yeah. And, and he's going straight. Scooch. Like, and they're like so far into the right side of the lane. And, and there's yep. no indi- they, they, there's no acknowledgement of your existence that, hey, get your maybe. head up, pay and attention. I, I, I get, get it. it. Like, none of this stuff is earth shattering. It's not like, I, oh, I lost an hour of my commute because I couldn't turn right. right. But it it is infuriating when we don't think about the other people and what they're trying to do. The other thing that honestly doesn't irk me that much because I look at. When it happens, I mm-hmm. think, oh, this person just doesn't know how to drive. Right. And, like, society right. as a whole, we need to help this person right. is what right. you did yesterday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to say it? I yeah, can... I'm going to okay, say go it. go ahead. People are going to think, people are wondering, like, oh, did guns hit that pedestrian that no, died yesterday? No, it's, it's almost know, as bad. Honestly, worse, like, people that commute, I'm going to tell you, and you're, you're going to be as angry as I am. I guarantee it. There is, okay, so we go, we're at Bloor and Jarvis-ish, and, and we go... North on uh, Rosedale Valley have Road. Fans waiting to sign autographs <laughs> when we go home. Now. Wave, a, wave to us in our cars. We depart. As I'm stopped to the yellow. Yeah. So there's a street, side street, turn down um, before we get onto Rosedale Valley Road, and it's a it's a left turn, um, and it's a it's a street light intersection. Yeah. You are the first car, and there's green light, and mm. instead of taking the intersection to take the left turn, like you're just kind of like creeped. Uh, in like barely in the intersection, kind of covering the pedestrian walkway. Because there was a car in front of me. No, you were the first car. At the yellow, there was a car in front of me. This okay, is but you very were in. The, but you were no, but you were in the intersection. Okay, you know how I know because of the next thing you did. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you're in the intersection, getting ready to take I, a left-hand I, turn. It's I, green. Can I give? Can I give just one more? Let piece me of, just describe let it, you and lie, then you can and defend. Then, okay, go okay, ahead. And then lie. you can defend yourself. You're in the intersection. 
You're again, in it. I, I would you like know. to point out I disagree with this set of facts. <laughs> That's I fine. Okay. You'll have your time. I, yeah, Fair okay. time. Yeah. You're in the intersection. I'm directly behind you. Yeah. You got your left blinker on. Yeah. Light turns yellow. I'm turn left. Yeah. Light turns yellow. Where there was a car in front of me. Okay, car was ahead of you. In the go, intersection. Okay, yeah. yeah car went, went yeah. ahead of you, turned yeah. left. Yeah. You didn't. Correct. But you're in this intersection enough that you feel compelled but once the light turns red. Mm-hmm. That you, okay, you didn't go. You're done talking. But you're no, not yet. Okay. Because this is the this is the thing that it's is not. like again like people in society see this and the, they don't get angry. They just feel bad. They're okay. like, oh, this person That's doesn't fine. know how to drive. You hit the reverse. Yes. You reverse out of the intersection. Not out of the intersection. You, out of the oh, pedestrian walkway. They're very Once different we're things. on the road, we go one direction. No. That's forward. We I do not reverse. Oh, I'm sorry. I care about my fellow man. Like, I am... Holy uh, cow. The bumper of my car is halfway-ish across the pedestrian walkway. Yeah. I'm not going to... How gonna... about just take the left-hand turn then when it turns yellow and it turns red, okay? How In about... this country, we have a two-second interval how about... where all the, all the lights are red that's for people like you who can turn left because they're in the intersection you don't have to wait for anybody okay so then you uh, so i'd like to point out again i am barely if halfway into the pedestrian walkway which is i know i know all you drivers out there feel differently not a part of the road like it's a pedestrian walkway so i look so what i do you know my my fancy car i click my reverse my rear view button and i see oh i got a little space here why not back out of this pedestrian's way why why when i see it and that happens in front of me all i want to do is just pull up far enough that you can't turn that you can't reverse so any further, this is perfect because on the text line, we have one guy saying it's unacceptable and one guy saying it's no big deal. So I just know that that is exactly how most people feel this. This Honestly, is a full duality like, of man situation. Like Here's I the said, other thing. I The other thing. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm giving you your time. Yeah. 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 You then called me <laughs> and I didn't know you were right behind me. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I only want to talk to you to complain to you about Sweden. And I was a I, for half a second, was like, eh, maybe not today. I almost hit the decline, not knowing you were right on, on, my, on my heels there. Yeah. But I accepted the call. You started screaming at me. I defended myself in the exact manner I'm doing now. But this is truly the piece de resistance of it all. You say to me, I cannot wait till we get the DVP oh, yeah. and I'm going to pass you. I cannot wait to smirk as I fly by you. And I was just notable. I was, or I, I was taking note when that moment was going to come. And guess what? It never came. Because when we were deep into Oakville, I called you yeah. while you were in my rearview mirror. Yeah, and I, I said, how's it feel to be under my I, thumb I, still? I, so okay. get, so what, here's, the, here's the chief takeaway from this right now. I won. You can be as mad as you want. No, you can say I'm no, in the wrong. No. I won. Be, I, that's how you're judging things. But like even in the scenario that I painted where I want to turn right on a red and somebody won't let me in, I understand that the, the, the difference is negligible. I understand. It's not. It's the you, principle of the okay, thing. Okay, so it was so difference was so negligible that you had to call me and scream at me about this yes! and then bring it up again. Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, I've yelled at you about I've yelled at you about Sweden a hundred thousand times. I will do it a hundred thousand more. So I can take you you being mad about this. That's fine. Actually, to be perfectly honest, I like seeing you in a little lather. You're usually pretty, you know, 
ho-hum, try to keep in the rails emotionally. I yeah. like seeing you a little hot under okay. the collar. Well, now I understand that I need to get out of the parking garage like in warp speeds. So you do, I though. Don't. Also, by the way, I'm always blown away at how fast you're in your car and pulling. I feel like I need 20 minutes to like set down my oh, coffee yeah, and put my bag here. in there. <laughs> no. I uh, Yeah, okay. I'm, uh, I'm happy that you, text, got, you got to bring this to air. You're, you're going to read a text? Go for it. No, no, no. We don't, uh, later on the show, we'll read text. Okay. But yeah, this is obviously, as I anticipated, a hot button issue with I, people. I actually saw a text that was related to the thing most near and dear to to my uh, life, and it was somebody saying, other teams play at 2 p.m. all the time, get over it. Yeah, other teams ain't the Leafs, pal. Mm. That's why this is such an issue. Speaking of which, we'll talk to Josh Cloak of The Athletic in Sweden next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, uh, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.